Oh yeah, we're doing it. Welcome to the first ever Pat Flanagan podcast. Um, it's kind of late right now, so I'm not going to um, speak too loud. I'm going to be sort of quiet. It's going to be very calm. Um, but I thought I thought I needed to do this. I, I've, I've wanted to have a podcast of my own for almost eight to ten years. Um, and I feel like I missed the boat, but... We're going to talk about that later, but um, I've always I've always loved um, sort of, you know, expressing myself, thinking, um, not thinking, but, you know, just recording what I think. Um, and I have, you know, so many notes. I used to keep a, jour- a journal and 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 I came aware of podcasts in early 08 or something like that. And back back in that day, I worked at Apple. And uh, podcasts were, were very niche, were a very small thing. And I used to be a creative, so creatives are teachers in Apple stores. And basically, I would teach people how to use GarageBand. And one of the features was create a new podcast. But I always saw it as sort of a super small niche thing. And lo and behold, 10 years later, podcasts are huge. So I figured it's about time that I had my own because I can. Um, and I thought that the first one, uh, should be just me talking about myself and introducing myself because chances are you have no freaking clue who I am. Uh, sometimes I don't even know who I am. (laughs) No, I think I know very well who I am, what I want, what I want to do, what I'm trying to accomplish, uh, in this journey that we call life. But, um, yeah, I, I, I was watching a YouTube video uh, earlier tonight and all I could think of was, man, I just, let's just do it. Let's, let's just turn on logic. Let's just start recording, start talking and let's just do it because there's so many things in life I wish I'd done, um, when I really wanted to do them. Not that I have any regrets, but I feel like this year is all about, uh, making the stuff I want to happen, happen. And I feel like the only thing separating me from what I want is actually doing it, like actually doing the work. And I, I, I don't want to sound like uh, a motivational speaker, anything like that. I am, um, you know, I'm really just starting out with everything that I do, to be honest. Uh, you know, have I achieved any form of success in my life? Maybe to, to a lot of people's standards. Uh, and we'll get to talk about that too, I guess. Uh, but the things I want to do now, I feel so many people are doing and it can feel kind of overwhelming to try and start doing these things in 2018, but I'm still doing them and having my own podcast is one of those things. Um, I want it to be about, um, music mostly, but not, uh, you know, discovering new music, although that might be part of it. But I, I want it to be about being a musician. So, you know, what it's like to be a musician in 2018, uh, having been a musician for the past 15 years, what it's, what, you know, what it's like, uh, the struggles, the things you need to do. And if you're just starting out, um, I feel I have uh, some insight as to what you can do, what you can maybe not do. Um, and if you're a professional musician and you're listening to me, um, I truly appreciate it because it is highly unlikely, but 
if it is happening, thanks for taking the time to listen to a indie up and coming or basically struggling musician like myself. So um, without further ado, I'm going to roll the intro. Uh, if, if there ever is an intro, I guess that'll be the first one. And then we'll start talking. Um, and, you know, we'll fill the time slot on 30 minutes, 40 minutes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and that'll be the first episode, to be honest. Uh, I have kind of, a, kind of a game plan uh, to, you know, as to what I want to talk about in the next coming weeks. And uh, I'll just do it, upload it, and see what happens. Try to promote it, try to push it to my friends on the Facebooks and the Instagrams and all that stuff. Uh, but we'll see what happens, you know, you never know um, what could happen and you especially will never know if you don't do it. So let's, let's do it. If ever you recognize what song that is, you are one hell of a trooper. Um, that's probably my biggest success ever. Not exactly that version, because that is an 8-bit version that I played along with um, earlier this year. But basically, um, this is an 8-bit version of a song called The Future Awaits. And it's kind of, as far as I'm concerned right now in my life, my one hit wonder, if we can call it a hit. But around, you know, my friends and uh, the community of people that I'm around, um, it is the most popular song I've ever written. Um, that was, uh, let's see, in 2011, I would say, 2012. Um, I was in a band called Bad Captain, and I wrote that song, and we uh, recorded it, obviously, released it in May of 2012. And we made a video for it in September of 2012, if I'm not wrong. And, you know, it was, it was cool. It happened. You know, a lot of people liked it and everything. But we had a great idea. Um, and that's something I want to touch on uh, later on. But basically what we did is that we contacted the Pirate Bay. They had, you know, the Pirate Bay, the website, the torrenting website. And they had back then a thing called the Promo Bay. Um, so, you know, I, I would have noticed, you know, every Sunday you download a certain episode about games and or thrones and you would see this page called um, the promo bay on the pirate bay. And you always there was always a music video. So um, did a bit of research and honestly just found their Facebook page and saw that they took submissions. So uh, you go to their website, you submit your video and then you wait. Um, and I guess. There's a relationship between Bad Captain, Pirate Bay. There's a whole thing there. Lo and behold, two days later, they wrote to me and they said, Hey, Bad Captain, uh, we're going to push your video. We're going to put it on the promo bay on the first page. Expect about 100,000 views in a weekend. And it turns out that that was during the um, Sunday, when, one of the you know busiest Sundays on the Pirate Bay at the time. Uh, if you watch the show um, that I mentioned indirectly it's the episode of a certain wedding of a certain color so there was a lot of traffic on that page on that day and um you know our video was there and you know over the weekend sunday monday and you know the following week after that sunday monday uh tuesday wednesday and like by wednesday or something like that we had hit a hundred thousand views um on the video on youtube and there was you know most of the comments were like 
Pirate Bay sent me here. And I'd say like a, a majority of the comments were, were, were friendly, were nice. And we made a bunch of record sales with that. A lot of, you know, Spotify plays. Was Spotify around? I don't remember. Was Spotify around in 2012? You tell me. But um, I remember we got a lot of plays. And like, I know Apple Music was around, but maybe Spotify was a, like a bunch of streaming plays and all that. And uh, yeah, and it sort of became um, a popular song around you know, my circle of friends and the people that we know, um, sort of because of that. And it kind of became our internet, you know, uh, five minutes of almost, you know, of maybe 1% virality, I would say, if that's a word, you know, if you don't hit a million, uh, on a video, uh, it's nowhere near viral. But to me as just a regular guy, um, you know, making a song that I wrote and whatever, having a hundred thousand views in a couple days and all that feedback and all that engagement was really, really a big thing. And then, it kind of became our, 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 the favorite song um, to the people we'd play. So when we play shows, uh, you know, in 2013, we played a lot of shows with Bad Captain. And we all, we'd always finish with that one because it, um, it was the favorite song. Um, so, yeah, I thought I'd, I'd, uh, I thought I'd play around with it uh, in Logic and make an 8-bit version because it, uh, it sounds fun. Is that going to be the final intro? Who knows? Who knows? But... It works now. It's fun. That was part of the original version of that song. I'm not going to play the whole thing because I've grown sick of it over the years and I've definitely moved on, but that was the original version. Um, I wanted to make this first episode uh, sort of about me and there is something that is very ego egotistical is that the right word i guess so very egotistical in starting your own podcast with your own name and um i thought i would indulge in the um in that by talking about myself for the rest of the episode and for most of the other episodes um joking aside though the things i want to talk about you know in in the upcoming episodes is you know, you can go so meta, like, why start a podcast? Why be in a band? Why, you know, why start a band? And, you know, once you've started a band, do you just take it as a hobby or do you push it? Is it worth pushing for it? Is it, you know, you know, is it worth trying to go for success? Um, is rock dead? You know, there's, there's so many subjects and a lot of people are, are addressing that, but I think I have a certain, um, point of view that's, uh, that can be interesting. I have my own set of struggles and I've had my own, um, successes and failures, I guess, uh, enough. So I think, uh, that I can probably help provide answers or discover new things 
or uh, you know, definitely just just keep talking about it because if we don't talk about it, it's gonna get worse. What I mean by worse is that you know you'll have less and less actual talented musicians and artists around. Um, not that I have anything against you know laptop musicians. I call them. Uh, I think it's great that you know kids can you know basically becomes become musicians overnight with a laptop a sound card and you know samples and all that i think that's amazing but i think the art of practicing music uh needs to stay alive you know playing guitar drums bass singing really learning how to sing and on pitch are all things that that have to live on and they're part of they're part of the artistry um of music in my opinion um so i you know i thought i'd just pitch in and try to you know, keep the blues alive and, 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 you know, try to keep, you know, talking about it, keep composing, writing new music and maybe help people who want to do it. You know, there's, it wasn't my case, but because I had, you know, these big dreams when I was a kid, but, um, some people might think it's really overwhelming. And with all the technology, all the social media, all the things you have to think about, all the things you have to do, it, it can be overwhelming for a lot of people. And, I want to make sure that people, you know, especially younger, you know, dudes and dudettes who want to start a band or want to start, you know, making music on their own or find musicians or anything like that. I want you to know that it's feasible and that even if you don't become a rock or pop or rap star, it doesn't matter at all. You just just do it and you'll see that it's one of the most fulfilling things you could ever do. So um, with that said, um, where did I start? What, what did, you know, where did I come from? Um, the easiest, simplest way to say it is that I've been a musician for, I would say, most of my life. I grew up in the suburbs of Montreal, so I'm technically French-Canadian. Uh, that's why every now and then you'll hear some sort of um, French accent uh, come through in my English. Um, but my mom was an English teacher, uh, my dad studied English lit, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, his, he lived in the States for a couple years when he was a kid because his uh, dad traveled a lot for work. So my dad lived in California and maybe another state. I don't remember. I know he lived in California for a while. And basically my mom's mother, so my grandmother, um, was from Cornwall, Ontario. And her mom, I believe, was either born in Cornwall or in Ireland. Um, so my grandmother spoke French, but it was a very broken and unbelievably cute and quotable French. Um, but that's where, uh, me being from this area in Quebec, basically, which is predominantly French, uh, that's where the fact that I, uh, can speak English comes from. But yeah, every now and then you'll hear some accent, um, and my apologies for that, I guess. But so yeah, I grew up in the, uh, the suburbs of Montreal and the school where my mom taught had a music program and when I uh when I got old enough that was second grade to enroll in the program my mom you know my parents um signed me up for the audition and basically what you the options you had back then was cello or the violin so I auditioned you know for violin and then I auditioned for cello you know on the same day and then they also put you through um, an audition to see how rhythmically inclined you are, I would say. And I, as I say that, I'm staring at a frame of Return of the Jedi 
and it kind of feels like it's like, let's see if you have the force or not. Uh, let's see if you're you're qualified to be a Padawan. And it, it's kind of what it felt like. It's like, let's see if you've got it. If you, you know, if it's in your blood, if it's in your genes, or if it can be developed. Um, and if you have talent, most of all. Um, and I believe that's something that I have and had. Uh, but, uh, you know, practicing and all that stuff is not something that I enjoyed doing at all. And we'll get to that later. But... Um, Long story short, I got in um, and I started playing the cello when I was about seven or eight years old. And I hated it. <laughs> I really hated it. And I didn't hate playing the cello, but, you know, you're, I was just too young to, to care, I guess. You know, when you're seven or eight years old, you come back from school, you want to ride your bike, you want to hang out with your friends and play Nintendo. And um, I would, the worst part of my week would be Sunday night where I knew I had to put in at least an hour of practice and it felt like torture. Like I would, I would, you know, go in my room and I would open my books and had to practice the cello and sort of practice the, you know, the studies and all that stuff and or just the exercises. And man, would I hate doing it. I hated it. And it's understandable now, you know, looking back. Um, but uh, I had friends who loved doing it and were way better than I was. But uh, I struggled. I really struggled. And my mom had to fight to keep me in the music program because I know, like, my grades were fine, even though I sucked and have always sucked at math. Uh, my grades were fine. They were okay, you know. But um, just specifically the cello, you had to be really good. And, and I was struggling because I didn't practice. I hate practicing. Uh, and that's a recurring theme in my life. But um, I don't know. I just... I, looking back, I guess I was just too young, man. It's like you're seven years old and you have to practice this classical instrument like an hour a day or like five hours a week or something like that. Man, it's tough. It's really tough. So, um, so that was in third grade, fourth grade went by fifth and I stayed on, you know, stayed on the program, uh, you know, not without its, uh, meet, you know, not without the meetings with the, the, principal you know who's like do you want to keep doing this and I'm like yeah but at that point I um, the way it worked is that in from third grade when you got in you stayed with the same class for four years up until sixth grade so you know in fifth grade those people were my friends you know my best friends for three years straight I didn't want to move to another class and lose that friendship Um, so I really want to stay in nonetheless 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 see what I said about the French accent um, and by sixth grade, uh, really, really cool projects, uh, started happening. Uh, the classes were a lot nicer. So in sixth grade, uh, in Canada, basically in Quebec, actually, you're, you know, 11 to 12 years old, I guess, 13, if you're in the, you know, if you just made it by to the other group or whatever, but you know, you're 11 years old and, uh, computers were, we're talking like 1998 or something. Um, and by then computers weren't all that, but you still had, decent um writing software i guess um and one of them was called encore and um my teacher uh there was a class there where they taught you how to program music on a computer on encore and that was uh, you know a similar program today would be uh sibelius 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 anyway you know what i'm talking about um, which is note by note, like you would you would annotate your song and just program MIDI uh, that way with that little um, MIDI 
box, I guess, you know, with those 126 or seven sounds. And um, I really, 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 really liked doing that. I started composing um, during that class and my teacher gave me a copy of Encore and I installed it on my dad's computer and I started composing like that. So I guess I started composing when I was about 11 years old. Um, and what's cool is that, you know, what I didn't mention is that when you, when you were in that music program, they also taught you theory, music theory. So I learned my scales, I learned harmony and all that, um, somewhat basic stuff, uh, stuff that I later uh, learned in my first year of college in music. I learned over four years as a kid. So I had a fairly um, good knowledge of, of uh, music theory and I knew how to write music. Uh, on music sheet, you know, not tabs, not anything like that. I actually, fun fact, never learned how to read or write tabs to this day. I have no idea. Um, so that's really when I started liking music and when music started to make sense for me is in like sixth grade when one of my teachers uh, taught me how to program music in that class and then I went back home and would do it all the time. Um, that's one of the first times in my life where I started expressing myself aside from being the class clown because I was kind of the class clowns one of them one of the class clowns um but I could express myself and I had like an idea and I would just write it down and and uh and write songs just write songs like that mostly classical stuff I would say I guess you know what in the broad sense like I wouldn't I didn't write rock or pop or hip-hop or anything it sounded more like classical music because that's all I pretty much was exposed to at that time. Aside from, I didn't listen to a lot of music myself because um, I guess I was saturated with all the music at school. Uh, I didn't really go back home and then listen to music. I just watched a lot of TV, man. So many Simpsons episodes. But uh, I guess the other music I was exposed to was what my parents and my brothers were listening to. My parents listened to the Beatles a lot. Um, Traveling Wilburys, anything related to, to like the Beatles, Traveling Wilburys, George Harrison stuff, you know, his solo stuff. Uh, the Who, my dad, the first time he um, showed us, uh, the, what's the Pinball Wizard album name? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Um, that's what my dad listened to. My mom was more into Elton John, the Beatles a lot as well, Fleetwood Mac, you know, uh, Cat Stevens. Uh, and then, you know, if we're in the nineties, when I was a kid, my brothers, they listened to Nirvana, man. That was, that played a lot. And my brother was in a Nirvana cover band and you walk into his room and it was all Nirvana posters from floor to ceiling. And I kid you not literally that. Uh, so that was the music I was exposed to, but I didn't really listen to a lot of music. So I didn't, I guess I didn't write pop music until I was, an, uh, you know, a bit older. So anyway, I started writing songs when I was about 11. And there's another major, major thing that I started doing when I was in sixth grade. And that is playing drums. That same teacher, uh, in one of the classes, when you're in sixth grade, you got to, all together write and compose a song so it was kind of an opus and like four movements or something like that it was kind of rock it went classical and all that and they would take the sixth grade class 
and they would split them in, uh, split them up into I don't know, six, ten teams or something like that of three or four people. And they would all write ideas. And I was lucky enough to have had a lot of practice. So one of my ideas went, you know, sort of made it through. And my I other really uh, very talented friends uh, whom are still friends of mine today who've had amazing careers. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that, about that uh, later. But basically, they their ideas went through. It was so fun and so cool to have all of our ideas make it to that opus that we were uh, writing as sort of our graduating. We're still in, in, in elementary school, by the way. But sort of our graduating, you know, song. And um, I remember my teacher noticing that I'd written cool uh, rhythm parts, like rhythmic parts. So he offered me to play drums. And that is the first time I ever played drums in my life. And it was life changing because drums, in my opinion, are the most is like one of the most important instruments ever. Uh, and I have played drums ever since. And that's like one of the biggest most important events of my life is just that first day when I picked up the sticks and I was like, okay. And I started reading drums and it's not that different than reading normal sheet music. It's just different signs and okay, that's the bass drum, that's the snare and whatever. And I started learning how to read drum sheets. Um, and I was like, man, this cello thing, screw that. You know, maybe, maybe I'm going to be a drummer. I like this. And I remember my cello teacher noticing how much I cared about drums and uh you know my mom was a teacher at the same school so she knew a lot of the gossip and she was like she said you know why you, you're playing drums because you're a cello teacher I thought you weren't good enough to play the cello you know at the sort of graduating concert or something like that I'm like well hell yeah man I agree with her <laughs> I'm not that good of a cello player and I love playing drums so I was okay with that um so you know, I finished uh, elementary school, and in my head, I, I was going to be a drummer. But still, on uh, the first year of high school, I sort of followed the program. And you could, uh, when you graduated to high school in Quebec, basically, you go to sixth grade, and then you do five years of high school. So uh, it's called secondary school. So we'll call that sec one. Um, I was still in the cello, but I mentioned before that I sucked at math. And I failed math so bad that I got kicked out of the program. So by sec two, I had to catch up on my sec one math. And I didn't have enough um, you know, slots left in my schedule to stay in the music uh, program. So that's when I stopped playing the cello completely. I just put it, in the, in a, you know, put it away and just never played again. But the cool, really cool thing about that is that there was one slot left, one little slot. And I could put in a guitar class in there. So every week uh, I had a guitar class with, you know, a bunch of other, you know, maybe other 15 other people. And most people in there didn't give a single, um, I'm trying not to swear, man. Most people didn't give a single fuck about guitar. But I wanted to learn how to play guitar. And I'd realized that, you know, I already knew how to play the cello. I could write music. I played some drums. Man, I wanted, I just wanted more. Um, so I started playing the guitar and started caring. Like I cared about the class that the guy gave. So I started playing the guitar and now I played the drums and I still hung out with my friends from the program. Um, and I eventually took piano courses as well. Uh, you know, ba like not for very long, but just, you know, basic trying to find coordination between reading and playing and all that. 
And um, at that point, I was playing piano, you know, guitar and singing and all that stuff. And and I thought, maybe I'm going to be this jack of all trades dude who can just play all the instruments. And that's kind of true today where I'm not very good, in my opinion, at any instrument in particular. Um, but as far as like playing in a rock band, I, f I would feel comfortable enough playing any of the instruments. Um, and I've done so because uh, first year high school or second year high school, uh, we decided to form a band, my friends and I. And like at first it was like me on the cello and my friend on double bass and my other friend on violin. And we were like, what are we like some classical quartet or some bullshit? Um, but eventually in the third year of high school, uh, we all moved to another school because that's just the way it was. The first, you know, the school was just the first two years and then you moved on to the bigger school. Um, and there was a drum set there. There was a, there was, you know, the same music program where some of the same people who'd been, who'd known each other for since, uh, since elementary school, um, they could still just keep doing the same thing. And, and some of my best friends were still doing it. Um, my friend Dave, uh, start, you know, we started together in, in the early nineties in elementary school. I played the cello, he played the violin, but he like, he studied the violin from, the second yeah, like third year of elementary school right up until mcgill he went to mcgill in uh classical violin or was it jazz violin in any case he's got a university degree in violin so he's been playing the violin for like over 20 years even though he's you know 31 30 he's gonna be 31 next week so you know he's been playing violin for most of his life but at that point in high school you know i i uh, you know, my one of my other friends called me. He's like, yo, Pat, you know, you play the drums? And I'm like, yeah, I'm trying. You know, I played in sixth grade and I've been, you know, trying to find a drum set. And I'm like, uh, my brother has an electronic drum set. You know, he's like, you want to be the drummer? And I said, sure. <laughs> and that's how I officially, I, I guess, became a drummer. And uh, so the next weekend, we, we, uh, all got together in my mom's basement and I plugged in the electronic drum set and it wasn't anything fancy. It was a TD seven from Roland and we started jamming and, uh, it was two violins, one double bass and a drum set. And it's like the weirdest formation ever. But, uh, eventually my friend who had called me, who played the double bass, he, he got a bass. So now at least we had a rhythm section. It was bass and, uh, and two violins and a drum set. And, uh, we eventually met a guy who, <laughs> so we're like, we're like 14 at that point, right? 15 maybe. And it's the early two thousands and rock was still a thing. Like it was still kind of a thing, you know? And we, that friend, Nick, we had heard rumors that he could play the solo from Metallica's one. And, and like we met at his place and we're like, yo, we heard you can play one by Metallica. He's like, yeah. And he played it. And looking back, I know he played it like shit, but like, we were so impressed. He had this purple, like indigo strat. And I think he had a PV amp, like a really small PV amp. And like, he played, he played that solo from one and we're like, yo, you want to join our band? And he was like, hell yeah. And that's, that's how we formed our band. Uh, eventually the second violinist, uh, he was like, yo, we don't need two violins in this band. I'm just going to step away and just be a fan. 
Um, but our band basically became me on the drums, uh, my friend PA on bass, Nick on guitar, and Dave on violin. And Dave had just bought an electric violin. And we became sort of this band with a violin. And I swear to God, that was before Yellow Card was a thing. When Yellow Card showed up, we were like, holy shit, it's possible, man. We could be like this big band. We could be this big rock band. But we were more of a prog rock band, I would say. Um, I mentioned earlier that I didn't really listen to music back then. Uh, Except when my friend PA, uh, he was like, yo, the the school's having a you know contest, a show, a battle of the bands, whatever you want to call it. It was called the Amateur Show, and uh, it's like you want to play "Comfortably Numb" by Pink Floyd. And I'm like, I've heard that before. I think my I've heard my brother say Pink Floyd fucking sucks. By the way, I've just thrown in the try not to swear. Um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, I think I know that song. I've heard it before, so you know, I put it on. I'm like, I've definitely heard that before. So we started jamming that song. And that's what we played at the uh, audition, which was happening like at the cafeteria in front of all the people eating, you know, and uh, we got selected and we thought we would write a song for the, you know, the big show uh, that was happening in April. And that's how we started writing music together. That was my first experience of writing songs with people. We wrote this weird, super strange prog rock song that was bilingual. So like one of the verses was in French and the chorus was in English or something. And saying that just makes me want to, it's so cringy, but you know, you sort of, I thought, I think you had to have some sort of French part in it because we're still in Quebec and you know, um, they want to, they want to keep French alive. So you had to sort of do it. But, uh, yeah, we wrote this terrible, terrible song and I have it, but you're not going to get to listen to it just yet. (laughs) because we did record it. But basically we um we played that song. You know, we jammed it, jammed it, jammed it for weeks and weeks and and the show came and we played it and I don't think we won the contest, but I think we got like a special mention or something like that. We were super stoked, man. Um and then later in the uh later in the the season, I guess it's May at that point, like towards the end of the school year, uh, because we uh at that school, basically, you had strings, you had horns, and you had guitars, like the different classes. And that's full-time. Like, it's just like we were, uh, we did in elementary school. Did I mention it was full-time in elementary school? Basically, in elementary school, you did the morning, you would have, you know, normal math and French and, you know, English, all that stuff. And then in the afternoon, you'd have music classes. Then the next day you'd have morning was music classes and afternoon was math, French, English, and all that. Uh, and that, that was elementary school. And then by, by high school, it was, you know, it's all mixed up. So you had like French and then you had, you know, phys ed and then you had two music classes. And then one of the days you didn't have any French and it was all music and phys ed or something like that or, you know, physics or whatever. Um, so, uh, and it was all full time. So you had, you know, people in guitars, classical guitar, people in, in uh, winds and horns and all that, uh, and people in strings who were kind of the better musicians because most of them had started back in elementary school. But at that point, uh, I'm still not in the music program because I'm still technically kicked out. And uh, by sec three, I was in sports 
because uh, I couldn't get back into the music program. I'm like, whatever, I'll just play sports. And I'm not a sporty person. I come from a, a family of sportsmen, of hockey players, golfers, footballers, but I guess I have my dad's genes and I am the artist. Uh, my brothers and I are, you know, I practice, you know, individual disciplines, I'd, I'd say, like I'm an avid cyclist, a runner, I lift weights, and, you know, I love snowboarding and all that, but team sports, I suck at. Uh, so I don't know what the hell I was doing in sports, but I'm still doing it. Uh, it was just a way to fill the time, to be honest. It, you know, Sec 3 felt like like a cheat year. All I did was play, you know, hockey inside, which is called the Cosm Hockey and, like, soccer and all that uh, with, like, those big jocks and all that stuff. And uh, all my friends were in music. But uh, going back to the end of the season, we, we there was a thing called the, the Harmony Festival and the horns and the brass orchestra uh, went there and it was basically a big competition and all the high schools in Quebec uh, showed off. And then there was also a performance by, you know, the people from McGill and uh, Montreal University and all that, the big universities with uh, music um, uh, departments. And uh, it was this nice, cool weekend where you could, you know, show up and have fun with other people from other schools and try to find yourself a girlfriend for a weekend because you were 15 and that's what you did. <laughs> and uh, there was a legit battle of the bands there. And uh, our band uh, won that, I remember, and we got to open for this local ska band that was huge at the time. Like, remember, we're like in 20... 2004 at that point 2003 so ska was kind of a thing uh but yeah so you know we won that and we're like man this band could work you know let's just keep at it and we started practicing every single friday night at um my friend dave's mom you know parents uh place in their basement uh dave bought a real drum set a shitty one uh but a, a real one at that and we started jamming, and that's what we would do every single Friday night, right up until our, right up until we were like 17 or something like that. So, you know, um, that's why I didn't start drinking or anything like that before, or going out before I was 17 or 18, which is 18 being the legal age in Quebec. But because all we did on Friday nights was jam, man. We just played music. Uh, and that was such a cool thing. It was like really. Uh, one of the most formative periods in my life and today I can still see like organizing a jam and just trying to you know play with people and understanding where they're going musically and playing with them like that's where I really really um, learned how to do that was during those years but basically in sec four after that we just kept going same thing and we won the other contest we started winning you know a bunch of stuff and we're like that summer we recorded our EP which was never released on iTunes because at that point, like iTunes wasn't that huge. It wasn't really a thing yet. And, um, and if you were an indie artist, there was no way to get your stuff on iTunes or, you know, Spotify didn't exist at like we're 10 years before Spotify at that point. Maybe not, but you know what I mean? And, um, yeah, we just made an EP and it was in a, a compact disc and we would sell it to our friends and sell it at the, the very few shows that we did. And uh, I still have a couple unopened copies here, but I think I have a friend who's still got a box of like 100. Um, but yeah, we recorded that terrible song and three other okay songs, you know. Maybe, I'll, maybe you'll get to listen to them later. What a beautiful way to end the episode. 
But uh, yeah, we recorded those songs. That was my first recording experience in, in a basement, old school garage style, man. And my friend Nick was really savvy. He, he used to look at, you know, he used to read all the articles and magazines he could and sort of declared himself, you know, an engineer. And a funny thing is that he recorded the Bad Captain album, the stuff you heard earlier. He recorded that. And now he works for Cirque du Soleil. He's FOH for them. Dave also works for, uh, well, worked um, for Cirque du Soleil. He just finished a, a tour. But Dave went on to uh, play f on Odysseo, I think. Verkai for sure. Um, and you can look him up on, on YouTube. He's a, he's a very talented violinist. Um, and in my opinion, you know, sort of a pioneer in the electric violin um, domain. And he was on tour for five or six years and he just got back from, from touring. So, you know, it really worked out for him. That's amazing. And uh, PA went on to study at the Montreal uh, Conservatory of Music and just plays all the time. Plays, I think he teaches too, most likely. But he plays all the effing time. And I am so scatterbrained uh, that I am doing a podcast at 11.20. Still trying to make it. Still trying to find a way to, you know, make it. Um, after high school, we all sort of went our separate ways but stayed friends. I went to... Cégep de Saint-Laurent, which is a prestigious music school. If you want to learn jazz, like that's the way to go. Um, I forgot to mention that by um, the fourth year of high school, I got back in to the music program. I went to the teacher. I'm like, look, I went you know, to that school in elementary school. I know how to read music. I know that I, you know, I have what it takes to come back in. And I'm like, I want to play drums. I want to play percussions. And she's like, I have a spot open in percussions. You know what? I'll give you like a month to prepare. I'll audition you and I'll do what needs to be done for you to come, you know, to be in there in, 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 in the next year. So I auditioned and she was impressed and I got in. So in, in by the fourth year of high school, I was back in sort of the gang, but as a drummer, um, I hadn't played the violin forever. I was still playing guitar, still writing songs in the same program that I'd learned when I was a kid. And um, I got in as a drummer and I really started playing the drums like for real. They had a really cool drum set. I love that drum set they had over there, over there, probably an old stage custom, a Yamaha stage custom. And I even got in the jazz band, but as a sub. So I would sit next to the actual drummer. And if he, you know by any way or whatever could play or wasn't available, I would sit in. And he was cool enough to let me sit in to, you know, a couple of the jazz standards. He was sick of playing. I, I got to play them. And I sucked. Like, I was a rock drummer. I played Pink Floyd, and I played the stuff that we jammed on, you know, Friday nights, and I hit hard. And it took a lot of adjustment, like a lot of time for me to become anything close to a good jazz drummer. But um, by... The final year of high school, basically, I was playing drums all the time. Uh, I was the lead percussion player in that brass orchestra at school, and I was also the lead percussion player in the symphonic orchestra at the school. So, like, I'd, I'd come a long way from just 
playing sports, which don't get me wrong, sports are really important, but it's not what I wanted to do. I wasn't like a jockey. I wasn't a football player. I'm five, five, eight, man. So like, I'm not meant to be an athlete. Um, what I wanted to do was play drums and play guitars and be in a band. And that's what I was doing in high school. Um, and then by college, um, I went to that school and the first two weeks I hated it so bad. I was really depressed because I'd spent, you know, the better part of eight, nine years, maybe five. Yeah. Almost nine years with the same friends. And then all of a sudden at school, you're not with the same people anymore. And the commute was so long and I hated it so much. And the drum teacher is an amazing free jazz player. And it was so difficult for me. And I realized like, I don't want to be a jazz drummer, man. I just want to be a rock drummer. And so I hated it so much. I was so depressed. And like my girlfriend at the time ditched me at prom. And so like that summer was kind of tough and shitty. And yeah, I just hated it. And I remember talking to Nick and I'm like, man, what am I doing there? Nick decided not to go to college right away. He's like, man, I'm working at this, you know, at this place and I'm, you know, rolling cables and pushing PAs and all that stuff. But that's what I'm doing. Um, he's like, but my uncle uh, teaches at this other college and apparently it's the shit. So I'm like, oh, yeah. And I went and I talked to the people there and um I got in the next year at that college instead. So I auditioned and I passed and I got in. And that college, which is called Lionel Guru, um, which is in the north shore of, uh, like, north of the north suburb of Montreal. And that was like a, it was a poppier, more modern college, basically. Like, their music department was about, they had music history, but, like, it was from, from you know, the first prehistoric findings of, of music right up until the modern stuff they would talk about Danny Carey of Tool you know and drum sort of drum history and I thought that was so cool and you didn't like you learned a lot of jazz but it was mostly like pop and like gospel drumming and all that stuff and that was so interesting to me um, but still I didn't practice I hated practicing and I remember I bought a drum set a couple years earlier and I just put it in one of the cubicles there but I was never there, man. I was way more interested in making friends and networking and trying to find myself a girl. And just, you know, I hated practicing. I, I've, I always loved music, but I hated practicing. So at this point, I, you know, I'm two years, three years into college and I kind of, and I say college, it's not university, it's college. In Quebec, there's this thing after high school. So you get out of high school, you're six, between 16 and 18. And... Then you have two years. It's called CJEP, okay? And it's between two and eight years of doing whatever the hell you want. Most people go into social sciences or, I don't know, arts in general, like, or theater. And a lot of, like, it costs 120 bucks a quarter, like a session. And there are two sessions in a year, like two semesters. So it's like, you know, 240 bucks for the whole year, man. You're just going to chill. Like you miss your class and you fill a class or whatever. Ah, whatever. I'll just take it in the winter. And that's like the mentality of CJEP. And like my friend Dave was like, he was doing a double certificate. He's like, you know, nature sciences in case. And he's doing like music 
he's got this prestigious teacher and he wants to make sure that, you know, if music doesn't work, he can still go become an engineer or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know, um, drums, just playing drums, dude, and not going to my classes. And to this day, I don't have a degree from that. The best thing I have is a high school degree. I didn't uh, go to, you know, what Americans would formerly know as college or university. I never went um, because I dropped out of college because I got myself a job at the Apple store. In 20, 2007 or 2006, in uh, one of the biggest malls around here, which is still one of the biggest malls in North America, they opened an Apple store. It was the first French-speaking Apple store in the world before any other stores in France. And uh, it was a, it was really like back. It was back in before iPhone, before iPod Touch, before iPad. All they had was Mac. Um, that was really still their big selling point, and it was the white iMac. And I was using PCs because I I always got the hand-me-downs from my brother. And uh, but at school, you know, we used Macs, and and I wanted to get myself a Mac, and I sort of considered myself. Uh, you know, savvy. Uh, so I applied at the Apple store. I didn't have a job for most of CJEP, and that's really loser of me because yeah, you have a lot of free time when you're in CJEP, and I just didn't have a job. Um, but I got myself a job at the Apple store that summer, and they paid so well. I kind of lost interest in school, to be honest, because I had a real I had a real job, and I really excelled at that. Um, I'd had a lot of you know jobs here and there, mostly in retail. Uh, mostly in like backstores and inventory management and all that. So I got myself a job in inventory management at Apple. And eventually I became a creative because they noticed that, you know, the manager there didn't feel that I belonged in the back of house, like in a back store. So he put me on the floor. I sold for a little while. And then eventually he's like, you want to be a creative? You want to teach these apps? Because I really started learning these apps really, really quickly. And what's really nice is that the same summer I started that job, my brother, Mark, um, wanted to get rid of his old Power Mac T4. So he sold it to me for 250 bucks. And um, I bought it, obviously, and I installed it, and I discovered a software called GarageBand, and that changed my life. Instead of having like to write music, because at that point I was still writing music in Encore, uh, notation style on in you know digital music sheet and eventually basically with GarageBand I discovered a DAW I discovered you know the digital audio interface um, not interface but workstation and man it's like multi-track recording and recording myself and my voice and learning how to mix and just this rabbit hole that I'm sort of still falling from or whatever uh, and it just it, like it opened up so many things and and that's really when I started uh writing music for real like songs you know with with vocals and lyrics and drums and all that but um yeah dropped out of college because I liked the Apple store they paid well and I kind of again kind of not I never lost interest in playing drums but I was at a point where I was studying composition and I felt like it was too there was too much of a formula to it. The way the teachers, you know, taught us how to play songs, uh, how to write songs was like, it wasn't how to write pop songs. It was really studying structure and, and harmony and all that. And I wasn't having any of it. You know, I was such a big fan of the Beatles back then. It was like, man, these guys, they copied a lot of what was done before and they never, you know, 
gone to music school or anything like that but man they wrote some super super amazing and interesting stuff without you know using what you're trying to teach me now and I, I've never compared myself to the Beatles because I would never dare to do that but I'm like if 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 they did it why do I need to go to school and and try to follow your formula like the song the music that I'm writing and giving to you as assignments it's just there's no soul into it there's nothing into it it's like you know make me a sandwich and I'm like yeah here's your recipe for a sandwich it's, it's a sandwich but it's not my sandwich <laughs> it's just a such a funny analogy and I'm sure it's the same thing in you know in cooking or culinary arts or anything or just you know arts in general where you know your teacher has a some teachers have a way of doing th things and these guys wrote these guys wrote for ads they wrote music for Mazda and for you know all sorts of places like that and and they were like yo you want to make a hit you want to make some money that's how you do it uh and you want to write for you want to score a film or anything like that that's you know follow this harmony and all that I'm like what if I just want to write a song because I feel like it man and that's what I did you know with with the DAW um I started my own project sort of um by that point, the band I had had with my friends in high school had broken up just because, you know, life happened and we were all in different colleges and, you know, we wanted to do other stuff. And um, I just started writing stuff on my own and I record, I bought a blue snowball because I had a great discount at the Apple store and they sold it. And um, I started writing songs and uh, just acoustic stuff eventually. And then I discovered distortion and put distortion on my acoustic guitar and realized that that sounded like shit and so i bought a fender telecaster uh at one of the only remaining music stores here in montreal i just had a sip of water if you don't mind so i um plugged my guitar into an apogee duet which i still own which i'm still using right now which has kind of a noise floor at this point you can hear it but hey, still works. Uh, I've had this for almost 10 years, man. It's a Firewire 8, 800, 400? It's Fire 400. Firewire 400 audio interface. But it's uh, it's been a workhorse and it still works. <clears throat> so yeah, started recording my voice uh, through that. I bought an AKG Perception 420, which you are hearing right now still. And started making demos. And I had a collection of songs and at some point, I'm like, man, I, I need to be in a band. I need to start a new band. So by that point, it's about 2009. Started a new band with uh, some friends I met in college, whom are some of my best friends still today. Uh, Dave, who I met in elementary school, and like Nick and all that, they're still very, very good friends of mine. I don't see them as often as I'd like to, but they're still uh, like my some of my three or four best friends. But in college, I met Rick. I met Chris, Stefan you know, Alex, and uh, they were all, you know, studying, one of them, one of them was stu studying guitar, and the other one was, you know, on piano and all that, and I wanted to play some of the songs I'd written live, you know, I really just wanted to have a band, so I called up um, Stefan and Frank, who was my, like, my best buddy in college, and uh, he played drums, I played guitar, Stefan played bass, and my friend Phil played guitar, and we played a show, like, we rehearsed and played a show, and that was it, man we had another band, you know, I was, that's really um, what I always wanted to do, and I was doing it. So that band played a couple shows, and that band um, eventually became Bad Captain. Uh, and the song that you heard 
at the top of the episode was a Bad Captain song, and Bad Captain was my biggest, like, so far my biggest success because we played hundreds of shows. We only recorded one album, and I guess the downfall of Bad Captain will have to be for another episode if that's ever interesting. But uh, yeah, it was it was Chris, Rick, Nick, Alex, and myself. And I was a singer and guitar player. And at that point, I had bought you know a Fender Jaguar and a, I, I had a Jazzmaster and Epiphone Sheraton. I had a bunch of guitars and a Vox AC30 and all that. And uh, so I was like a guitarist. I still played drums and I still wrote. I, so I wrote all of the songs for Bad Captain. And I would make like I was getting good in making demos. Um, I would program drums and record guitars and bass and vocals and all that and make fully fledged demos like almost good enough to, to be on iTunes. But I would give those to the guys that would learn it, improve on them. <coughs> and then we would record those songs formally. Um, so at that point, we're in like 2011, 2012. And I called up Nick and he had a studio uh, under my apartment. So we rented an apartment in Montreal, the four guys, it was Rick, Chris, Alex, and myself, we rented an apartment in Montreal, and it was above a bar and another apartment, so it was on the third floor, and behind that bar, there was a studio space, and my friend Nick called me, he's like, hey, you live on Beaubien? I'm like, yeah, man, he's like, I have a studio on Beaubien, I'm like, holy shit, dude, it's destiny, you know, I've known this guy for like 10 years at that point, and when the time came to record our album, we just called him up and we would, you know, make coffee upstairs and just go down the stairs to street level, just walk into the studio and record our album. And if ever you're interested in, uh, in watching some of the process, uh, we had a vlog back then. So uh, I would film, you know, and just make one minute videos and put them on, on YouTube. And if you go, you know, if you go to YouTube, you tap Bad Captain Studio Vlog, you'll find a couple episodes there. It's like 31-minute episodes. So we made an album, and we made, I guess, a thousand copies. Sold about half of those before we realized that the last song was kind of weird, scratchy, and so we got a refund, and we got a thousand more copies or 500 more copies, and we sold out of those. So we sold a couple records, you know. And then iTunes was around and CD Baby was around. So, you know, you could put your stuff on iTunes and we got a bunch of sales and we played at uh, the French Canadian equivalent of Much Music, uh, which is kind of MTV back when it was, you know, music and not just reality TV. We played live there. We played a bunch of shows and like um, it was really working out. Like it was really, really cool. And we're talking like 2012 or 13 I'm thinking this is going to work. Like we're playing, you know, we're going to Toronto. We have a van. And I'm thinking, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in a band. This is going to work. I'm on my way to just being a full-time musician. But it didn't pay shit, man. It was so expensive. It was so expensive. Um, and I kept writing songs. I would, again, I would write like all the material. And I, I thought, you know, let's make another album. And, uh, and then our drummer, Alex, decided to leave. Uh, and that really, like, that was, in my opinion, that was the biggest blow. Like, when Alex left, we took it hard, because we still left, we still lived together. And, like, we went to, into brand, we went into band practice, and he's sitting there on his drum throne, and he's like, guys, I'm done, like, I'm leaving. And he's like, I'm going to leave you guys to yourselves, and he left the jam space. 
and you know we had a chat or whatever and some of us were kind of really emotional about it because we had been through a lot of stuff like we lived together and we played all these shows together and we really thought it was going to happen and then we had to go back to him at home because we lived together yeah it was really weird and awkward and uh so we found someone else to play drums and that person was also an excellent engineer so we thought you know what let's you know you can be the drummer you can record our album as well um and so we started recording the album and it it was okay it went okay it was fine uh but other you know tensions arose in the band i guess where nick and chris really weren't getting along and i guess all living together took a toll on our friendship you know because some of the guys that worked together too like in local music stores and all that so we at some point we got just tired of each other man and uh chris was taking it very very seriously and nick you know he wanted to be in a band because he liked it man he was so good at the social aspect of it and and you know just plugging us and finding shows and making friends with other bands and all that but he didn't have as much patience when the time came to practice the songs and the sections and you know uh the parts over and over again so eventually they had a falling out and like nick left he's like guys i'm done i'm done with it he didn't like the energy in the band and he didn't like the way the album was going and he left so I rung up Stefan, who was in the, in the first band, and he, he said, yeah, man, I've been looking forward to joining your band since, ever since I left the first one. And uh, basically while we were, you know, living the party life in Montreal, living over a bar and just going out all the time and all that, he bought a house and find, found a job uh, in a music college and as a teacher. And, you know, our lives were really different for a couple of years. But at that point, we were like, man, we're ready to settle down and, you know, have a, a band and try to make this work. And he's like, well, I'm ready to party to your level, which is your level of settling down. So let's, you know, get together and, and do this. So we tried a second time to record the album. We actually started over. But at that point, we were all just sick of the way it was going. Like we had to drive an hour to get to the studio. We didn't have a lot of time just because of life. And um, the energy was so shitty when we tried to record. And we, what's so sad about that is that we got all the way to vocals. So we did drums, bass, guitars, and we did more than half the album in terms of vocals. And uh, it wasn't really an album. It was, so it was going to be a two-part album. We, I, I had 14 songs ready, and we sort of picked, I guess, 12 and we decided to record six of them, release them, and then do another six and release those, like in the fall or something. And at that point, we're like in 2015, so we procrastinated a lot. Like, we released the first album in 2011 or 2012, and like, we're four years later, man. We gotta, we gotta make another one, you know? And uh, it got so shitty that I'm the one who pulled the plug at that point. Uh, and I said, like, look, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something else. I can't be in this band anymore. It just wasn't the same. Like it wasn't being, it wasn't all four or five of us living together and just all biking together to the jam spot and, you know, practicing. Cause we knew we had four shows coming up. It was like the four, the five of us, I guess, just driving an hour uh, South to go to the studio, try to make this album, no shows planned, nothing. 
most people had forgotten about, like most people, whatever fan base we had, had pretty much forgotten about us at this point. And Bad Captain was kind of a pop punk, like sort of alternative rock thing that was kind of too poppy for how I felt at that point. And on the side, I was getting better with GarageBand and there was a really amazing update of GarageBand 10 in like 2014 or something. And the amps and the guitars and all that were so amazing. And I was like, man, I need to graduate to Logic. And this is the first time, like I'm an hour into this. And this is the first time I mentioned Logic because I only started using Logic in like 2017. But that's how good GarageBand is, man. We'll talk about GarageBand in another episode and how amazing it is and how mind-blowing of a tool it is and that it's free. That's so great. But I used GarageBand up until 2016. But I was getting good at it. I was getting better at making demos and becoming a better guitarist. I was exploring other sounds and I fell in love with pedals and pedal boards and all that. And so I started writing different music and stuff that didn't really fit what Bad Captain was doing. And just the name Bad Captain sounds kind of kiddo. And at that, like we're 27, 28 at that point. So I pulled the plug. I said, screw it. And I'm like, guys, we're, we're going to, let's keep playing music together. We still have a jam spot, but I'm going to start a new band. So, um, I had a couple songs and I was, you know, I showed it to my girlfriend, showed it to my colleague who's a huge music fan. And they were like, man, that stuff is cool. You should really start a band. And I didn't know a lot. Like all the people I knew, I already, already sort of been in bands with, and I, I didn't know what to do, you know? So, um, my friend Rick uh, knew a guy, a, a barber in the store where it was this hipster clothing store with a barber shop in it. There was a barber there and he played guitar and bass. His name's Greg and Rick's like, man, I know a guy. Let's just go to the jam space and try it out. And I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. He's like, dude, what do we have to lose? Let's, like, he's bringing a drummer. He knows a guy. I'm like, all right, let's do it. So we had like two songs, basically, that we knew that we learned and... Uh, bass player shows up and he's got it and the drummer's good but I'm like ah, I don't know about the drummer man and I'm kind of fussy because I'm a drummer myself and Alex who was the drummer in Bad Captain is a badass motherfucking drummer man he is so good he is five foot six I'm sorry Alex if you're taller than that like five foot five six or something small dude but he can beat the shit out of a drum set man he's so good and, uh, you know, I saw that drummer, and I'm like, I don't know about him, man, but the bass player I love. So uh, we rang another friend of ours, a more distant friend, who uh, kind of was kind of like me, you know, played drums, guitars here and there, but wasn't, you know, wasn't like an expert in any instrument. And uh, he's like, oh, I haven't played drums in like five years, but I'll do it. <laughs> I'll definitely do it. And the next week, he showed up, and Craig showed up, and Rick and me, and ever since... We've been jamming every Tuesday night. And, uh, you know, after a couple of weeks, I'm like, guys, I have an idea for the uh, name of the band. I want to call it Horse Dog. And they were like, yeah, it's a terrible idea. It's horrible. Let's do it. <laughs> and that's how Horse Dog was born. It was born out of the boredom between 20, like 13 and 15 of not doing anything with Bad Captain. Born out of the my musical evolution because you know 
top of the episode, I said I didn't listen to a lot of music, but at that point, I'm seven years old. Like from 13 up until today, I listened to a lot of music. And obviously, one of my favorite bands uh, at the time was Queens of the Stone Age. And I'm like, man, they, they don't put out enough stuff, so I want to write my own Queens of the Stone Age album. And like the first Horse Dog songs were really Queensy. Um, but I just loved everything they, they were about, like guitars and, and the pedals and the sounds and all that. A little bit less now with villains, but like, um, like Clockwork, it's just such an amazing album. So we started practicing, we, we started playing a couple shows, and then we made an album, and that album came out uh, March 30th, 2018 of this year. So that's where I'm at now, because we're May 10th, the album's out, it gets, you know, a couple plays every day, and like a couple plays, like four or five plays every day, and uh, I'm at this point where I'm like, now what, man? Now what do I do? And I guess the answer is just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. I love it, you know. I mostly spoke about my musical journey, I guess. You know, and I didn't speak on purpose about having a job and trying to manage that and having a girlfriend and managing that with music. But it's a big part of it. If you want to make music, you got to have a job, man. Uh, and I've had the same job for more than eight years at this point, so I'm really lucky, but... Um, we'll talk about that in another episode, I guess. I'm just trying to line up episodes here. But I wanted the first one to be me rambling with a low voice um, about my journey so that you know everything there is to know about what I've done in music. Um, I've never had a hit record. I've never had a record deal. I've never had a hit song aside from, a, you know, 100,000 views on YouTube is the best thing I've ever gotten. Um, I've had several failed bands. The album I released is not available on vinyl because it's too expensive for us to do right now. It's only on digital. It gets a couple plays a day. The videos on YouTube that we put out, like just the audio-only videos, get a couple plays a day maybe. And, you know, sometimes it's hard because you, you look at Nick, who's FOH for Sug Soleil. You look at Dave, who is a violinist for Sug Soleil. And I have some friends who have had uh, proper hits. Like my friend Dave was in a like a solid band. He had a real record deal. And it can be kind of discouraging, but it's not actually. Um, when you think about it, like I'm doing things I love and talking about myself is something I really love. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but like being in a band and and being in a band and just getting to write songs and play them and that feeling of having you know people show up to hear your stuff it's worth it man it's just worth it so i guess i'm going to wrap this up with this if you want to start a band whatever age you are like i'm trying to aim this at younger people because i hope that younger people will pick up a guitar or a drum set and play some rock and roll but whatever age you are man just do it just start a band even if it's with yourself because that's how i started on my own with you know encore and then garage band and now logic and with people as well and even if you just record something you can put it out man you can just go and upload it and same thing with this podcast like the main reason why i started a podcast today 
is because of Anchor. And I know that with SoundCloud, you can, you know, host it, send the links to Apple, whatever. Amazing companies like Apple by making GarageBand or Anchor by letting you put your podcast on every platform just by uploading it there. Make, they make it so easy to do what was so hard to do like 20 years ago. Imagine having your own radio show 20 years ago. Look, now I have my own radio show just like that. Are people listening? Maybe not. I don't give a shit. I love doing this. I love being in a band. I love uploading music to iTunes and Spotify and being able to have a verified account because CD Baby lets you do that. I'm like, I'm one of those, you know? And imagine how amazing the world would be if we had had that, like when rock and roll was, was, was at the height of its, you know, thing or whatever. Imagine how many amazing bands there would be. And, you know, I guess today rock really isn't that popular of a musical style. It's more like jazz, I guess. Um, but that doesn't mean there's not good music out there. There's amazing rap out there. There's amazing trap. There's amazing EDM. And there's still amazing pop and rock. There are shitty versions of all of that, obviously. Um, but the thing is, we, we just hear more of it. Um, but man, if you want to be in a band, you want to do your thing, you want to be an artist, you want to be a singer, you want to be a bass player, you want to be a YouTuber, man, just do it. And you most likely won't find success right away, or maybe ever, but at least you're doing it. At least you have an archive of your way of expressing yourself, of your art, and just that in itself, I think, is worth it. I don't want this to turn into a motivational podcast or anything like that. Um, I just, you know, I just wanted to, to let you know a bit more about me um, so that if you are a trooper enough so that you've listened to this whole thing, um, you know where I come from. And, you know, when I give advice or when I give my opinion, I won't, I never claim to be anything more than what I've lived, if that makes sense. But, you know, I've summed up what I think and what I'm all about in that last, you know, five minutes. And having a podcast is one of the things that I really wanted to do. The other thing is make YouTube videos kind of in the same, uh, with the same approach. Teaching people how, you know, to how to start a band, how to set up your pedal board and how to, how to, you know, how to write harmonies, how to write a song and how to deal with having written a song and all that stuff. And I have a bunch of ideas and I, you know, I started a YouTube channel not so long ago and yeah, I get like 15 views or something like that. I don't care. I love doing it. And what's amazing about a podcast is that it takes a lot less time to set up. I'm in my jammies right now and I can just, you know, save this, put it on Anchor, and then it's going to be online. Uh, whereas YouTube videos take a lot more work, but I love doing it so much. Um, I got into video a couple years ago, and I, I love it so much, and I'm addicted to YouTube. So, you know, making YouTube videos, a podcast, keep writing music, keep playing songs. I also want to get into film scoring, not necessarily film scoring, but media composition. Uh, those are my projects for this year, and so far... Uh, I'm doing them, so I'm really happy about this year so far, and that means that there will be more videos, more podcasts, so if you're 
interested, if you liked what you just heard. Um, it feels so weird for me to just go through my entire musical life, but um, if it interests anybody, I'm happy that I've done it, you know? Um, and now that it's out of the way, we can talk about real stuff. But uh, if you've enjoyed it, subscribe to the podcast. Go to my YouTube channel. It's hard to find now because I'm not verified. I have, I swear, like four, maybe five subscribers. But uh, I'll put a link wherever I can. If you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at not Pat Flanagan. And uh, yeah, you can DM me. We'll get to know each other. If you have suggestions or comments or feedback or anything like that, I want to hear it. I want to make more stuff. I want to answer questions if you have any. But otherwise, I'll see you next time. And thanks so much for listening. Cheers.